Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo. <laughs> It's a movie, isn't it? In it? It's one of them French films. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> We're off to a great start. Speaking of not England. <laughs> Speaking of England's mortal enemy. Oh god. Speaking of France. Alright. We're talking about eyes without a face. And Nikki's already miserable. I'm pulling up the picture I took uh, of your Thank you notes. so much. Okay, let's just start off now. I'm gonna get this out of the way. I can't do French words. I can I can do Spanish. I can do like Japanese. I can pronounce them. I can figure them out. But there's something about French words that I can't figure out. We spent like 10 minutes before this recording of me going, say it again. And then Kate would say a word and I go, I don't, I can't. It's like, I literally, it's like you say it and my ears close up and yep. go, don't listen. Okay, in your defense, French is very like a whose line is it anyway type rules language where it's like when the vowels are made up, the consonants don't matter. So it's awful. I'm sorry. If you're French, that's fine, but how? Not in my presence. Not in my presence. <laughs> I just don't get it, but it's fine. We're gonna talk about eyes without a face. Mm-hmm, I can say mm-hmm. that one. Mm, thank God. Is you son visage? Why would you do it? <laughs> <laughs> to hurt you. <laughs> Everything hurts. I'm going to have you. It doesn't matter. We don't film this, but I was going to be like, I'm going to move my mouth when you say the name. So yeah. it's like I did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And you can still do it. We can't. I'm still going to. Watermelon. Oh, watermelon, God. Watermelon, watermelon. watermelon. <laughs> okay, so we're going to have eyes without a face. <clears throat> if you haven't guessed, it's a French film. So there's that. It's an old ass French film. Uh, yeah, it was made in 1960. Mm-mm. Oldest film we've covered. Wait, really? I think so, yeah. Oh, you're right, it is. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, it was directed by... What's... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm ready. Georges Fonjou. Yeah, Georges Fonjou. Did I do okay? Bye. Also made... I can, I can do this. <laughs> Le Metro? Le Metro. Sure. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying this too much. It's so stupid. What is it? En passant par la Lorraine. That's a banger movie, I'm sure. <laughs> I can say Monsieur. Monsieur. Come on! <laughs> well, I'm going to say it my way. Monsieur et Madame Curie. <laughs> How do you say it for real? Monsieur et Madame Curie. Whatever. You did it right. All right, so those are the movies that guy's made. What is his George name? Georges Fonchu. Georges Fonchu. This is going to be hard, guys. There's more. There's so much more. It was also written by Georges Fonchu. He also wrote Fonchu. it. Oui. Okay. It was... Uh, Jean... It was based off of a novel by... Hey, I'm getting there. I'm not there yet. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> your eyes. <laughs> What's his name? Jean Redon. Jean Redon. <laughs> Jean Redon. Jean Redon. That guy wrote a movie. I mean, book. <laughs> this is so hard. 
that guy that Kate just said uh-huh. made a book, wrote a book, and it's based on that. And the book is called Play You Son Visage. Say it for real. Les yeux son visage. Whatever. All right. <laughs> so it's based on that book. And it was written by uh, Georges Fanjou. No, no, that's the director. Oh, Jean Redon. There you go. Redon. How's this for everybody? Were you guys having a good time? It was also written by Pierre Boileau. Okay, and Thomas Narcejac. Sure. And those are actually pen names for the crime writing duo, aka Pierre Herod and Pierre Boileau. Ah, so cool. Those two. Classic them. Uh, all right. So it was also written by, there's a lot of writers on this. Uh-huh. Also written by Claude Sauté. Mm-hmm. He uh, writes chronicles, uh, uh, wrote, oh, he yeah, he chronicles uh, post-war French society. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, it was also written by Pierre Gascar. Yeah. So he's a French journalist uh, and a literary critic and a screenwriter. They've all done lots of stuff. I didn't want to put myself through the torture. There were like five or six of them, and I was like, they've all done lots of things, guys. They've done so they've many They've done things. so many. Look them up, please. Look them up on your own time. Okay, so the cinematography was... This one might not even be French. It's German. Yeah. It's I, Eugene Schuftan? Schuftan? I'm pretty sure... See, I can do German. I can't. I think it's Schuftan. My sister knows German. I, I just know that you... I don't know. I think it's... Yuchen Shuftan, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, also made Metropolis, People on Sunday, Farewell, The Stolen Face, and The Street Song. Not things I've known, but look neat. Nice. Um, I can do this. The music was Maurice Alexis Jarre. I didn't take a picture J-A-R-R-E. of the second page. J-A-R-R-E. Jarre. 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 Was that good for cool. You? So this guy also did The Longest Day, The Train, The Collector, Grand Prix, The Man Who Would Be King, Fatal Attraction, Dead Poet Society, and Ghost. Honestly, a lot more. If I'm for this one, anything I wrote, just picture a lot more things. Oh god, yeah. The list just went on and on and on, and they all were hard to pronounce. And I was like, I'm sorry. I can only do so much. I'm only human. And here's just another thing. There was no budget. I checked multiple websites, could not find the budget for some reason. And I yeah. don't know if maybe I just was looking in the wrong places, but I checked a few different places, couldn't find it, but I did find how much it made. And so, I have no fucking clue. You don't know? No. Um, because, like, it's from how many decades ago? Like, right. Six decades ago? Yeah. So it's like, I don't even know what inflation would do. I know. I don't know if this, I don't think this is accounting for inflation okay. necessarily. It just had a base, like, price. This was the only thing I could find, so. 20 million. No. Jesus Christ. No. Fuck me. <laughs> 60,254 worldwide. I was really close. You were very close. <laughs> Maybe with inflation, you're spot on. I don't know. I don't think it's inflated that much. <laughs> so, no. Um, but that's how much it made. Okay. I wish I knew how much it cost. I mean, it can't be that much. Like... Because it took place in, I mean, very few locations. Yeah. And I don't know. I'd be interested to see if anyone yeah. knows the information or whatever. Pass it along. Because I just, I couldn't find it. Yeah. But I'm sure I just missed it. Knowing me, I was probably so flustered by these names that I was like, there is no budget. Like, I probably panicked. Money is no object. <laughs> um, and then here's just, I have some, some little fun facts. Yeah. So, um, there was actually an edited and dubbed version of the film that was titled The Horror Chamber of Dr. Faustus, mm-hmm. and it was released in 1962 in the U.S. 
weird but interesting are you gonna tell me more about that you got a face that says i know about this well i know what they changed what they changed uh they removed the scene with uh the little boy oh okay because like no no no, you cannot see a good side of this person and then i think (gasps) that they really trimmed the fat off of the scene where he's taking her face off yeah i think i read also that they potentially put in a mad scientist character Mm, well that was originally in the book it was and i i thought that i read they put it back but it could be just that i'm wrong i really wouldn't be surprised if they did they took so when they were writing it they were my next fun fact about what they took out okay okay i thought you were gonna tell me and i was like don't i was like i got this it's just about what they didn't include from the book because of censors oh that's my next thing okay yep you say it's my turn i'm so sorry i got excited (laughs) all right in order to avoid problems with censors as kate just brought up the we film cut it. No, <laughs> no, they have to know what you did to me. Uh, so the film could not have too much blood because of French censors. Couldn't show animals being tortured because of English censors, mm-hmm. and had to leave out mad scientist characters because of German censors. All of which are part of the book. <laughs> so all of those things are in the book, and they were like, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> so they had to work around that, and I think that's hilarious. Uh, George made a comment about mm-hmm. how much he did not like the novel, and he said it was almost too stupid to read. Stop. <laughs> and then the guy who fucking wrote it was like, yeah, let me help you write this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's stupid to read. Well, some of the subplots were fucking wild. I, well, like sexual assault of corpses. And, oh, I assumed, yeah. of course. Yeah. Like it, When I read like animals being tortured and this and that, and they had to take this out, I'm like, oh, that was in the book? Oh, yeah. Okay, interesting. So that's my... <laughs> Thank God that's done, honest to God. I had been dreading it since I did my notes because oh no. I was like, I can't pronounce any of these. I looked them up and I was like, there's no hope for me. I mean, there's no like guarantee that I was correct, but that's my best It sounds guess better those. and I think that's what matters. Okay. Um, and then a summary of this film. Uh, hmm. a, a real weird dad does a real number on his daughter's face in a bad way like an accident i want to start over hold on <laughs> you can start over because I, I fucked up a little bit yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't like that sentence at all um, uh, a dad's daughter wait <laughs> a daughter's dad i could have just said a daughter <laughs> The girl's face gets real mangled. Yeah. And her dad tries to fix it with other faces. Yes. There. That, that wasn't hard. I'm not going to. That all, was great. First try. Some would say. <laughs> some would say that. We've never cut they five minutes off of Nerd Corner because I failed to say one sentence several times that in a row. incredible. They need to know my shame. I'm leaving it in. I really just like immediately said that sentence and I went, oh, oh, that was nasty. <laughs> I didn't like that. Did a number on his daughter's face. <laughs> All right. One of the outtakes from me failing to say things was, tell her I'm scared. No, tell her I'm excited. <laughs> tell her I'm scared. Tell her I'm excited. <laughs> this one's going well so far, and I love it, so. <laughs> Kate, give us the real <laughs> Please. Okay. So, Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Really? Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. It's a review, isn't it? <laughs> lot to say oh fuck they did that's gotta be the most unpleasant to listen to someone mangle that accent oh i'm sure no one's gonna like this episode you're welcome (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) oh 
Man, it's been a fucking <sighs> week. I'm on vacation next week, and I'm oh, already on island time, baby. You're thriving. <laughs> I'm unemployed, so I'm also on island time <laughs> involuntarily. <laughs> I'm fine. Go ahead. Unemployed. Yes, yeah. that's what it's called. <laughs> Dr. Genetier is riddled with guilt. <laughs> Sorry, I made a face. <laughs> she flailed. She said it like it was nothing. It just. <laughs> He's riddled with guilt. Whatever. Have some respect I... for the guilty and the deceased. <laughs> Spoiler. Oh, no. That he does a number in his <laughs> All right, go ahead. The doctor is riddled with guilt after an accident he caused that disfigures the face of his daughter. That's what I meant to say. Uh-huh. He, he did a number on his daughter's face real good. Because of the accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You're especially>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Dr. Genesia is riddled with guilt after an accident that he caused disfigures the face of his daughter, the once beautiful Christiane, who outsiders believe is dead. The doctor, along with his accomplice and laboratory assistant, Louise, kidnaps young women and brings them to the mansion. That was not a great sentence, Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sorry to just roast you. It's okay, you. but get it together. After rendering his victims unconscious, the doctor removes their faces and attempts to graft them onto Christians. Oh, I said that bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's so embarrassing. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, Christine. <laughs> Honestly, they put they said her name and I was like, it's Christine. Okay. It's the French Christine. Whatever. Um, yeah, okay. That's, mm-hmm. that's They gave us a lot there. Didn't really... Uh, yeah. Nothing to hide. They just really went for it. Yeah, and honestly, I really did not know the secretary assistant's name until I read this summary. Oh, I know. I had I, no idea. I just wrote, I like, like, the secretary what? or the assistant the whole fucking time. And I know her by her crime car and mischief music. Yes, I so. know. <laughs> I mean, you know me. I I didn't know anyone's name. <laughs> I was watching it going, Christine? <laughs> Everyone's Christine to me. No. Oh, God. Okay. I'm so excited to see, to see what Nerd Corner is going to be okay. about, because I just... You went on a journey. <laughs> Kate like described her nerd corner journey to me, and I was like, "You really went through it." I went through it. <laughs> yeah, it was really hard to choose a topic. I had so many that I wanted to look at. Yeah, and I was just like writing this list. Mirrors and reflections were like right. You at the top. love mirrors. That one's coming. <laughs> Count your your days, mirrors, because yeah, it's coming. I have in my notes like I need time. I know. to get into mirrors. Like we need I want to write movie too. Yeah, you know. Yes, and I want a content analysis of mirrors and horror over the last few decades, oh, so and that's going to take a long time. Yeah, for sure. So I'm saving all of my time for mirrors in the future. Yeah, don't know what that means outside the but context. But it's happening. Uh, then I thought about like kind of scaling back and going just like. Well, not scaling back, but like zooming out and going much broader and mm-hmm. just talking about symbolism as like a literally literary device throwback. Because yeah. we talked about literary devices. Yes, yes, we have. And I was like, this, I could talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then I also pulled out my copy of the Monster Theory Reader to see if I wanted to talk about monstrosity and the way we perceive and demonize difference. Mm-hmm. I also considered doing a brief foray into <gasps> Cinema Fantastique. <laughs> yes. Uh, but in the end, I wanted to look at eyes. Yay! <laughs> I was sitting here going, Maybe she'll talk about eyes. And I went, don't be stupid, Nikki. That's too simple. And then I was like, you said it. I was like, the one time I don't uh-huh. guess. Right? It's I fine. was like, maybe eyes are too. I was like, no, there's a lot to talk about with eyes. And I'm excited. Eyes are spooky. And I love it. Yeah. I'm excited. We call them the window to the soul, whatever. And we've definitely seen a lot of different ways that they can be mangled and mutilated. Yeah. But there's more to eyes than that. There's more to meets the eye. <laughs> 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 
Okay. Dig into it. Yes. <laughs> dig it into it. <laughs> dig it up. Uh, uh, oh, oh, dig uh. it. <laughs> this is a good one. Things are going well. <laughs> Things are fine. Things are good. <clears throat> I don't know what you're talking about. Everything's perfect. Yeah. Okay. So, parts of the eye. It's anatomy time. Yay. Uh, we're not going to spend too much time on anatomy, I promise. Uh, the eye has lots of bits. Yes. We're not going to cover all of them. We are going to briefly define the cornea, iris, lens, retina, and then dive a smidge deeper into the sclera and pupil. Oh, yes. And I'm not positive that I'm saying sclera right, but I have already like um, invested so. in saying it that way. I'm pretty sure. I was watching a video essay that I'll get into later, and mm-hmm. they said sclera, but they also did have like an accent. And so I was like, it might just be like a difference in like the way we say it, or and it might be that I'm wrong. Who did a project all about eyes uh, in middle school? Uh, um, we have an I expert think in I here. know that it's sclera. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Scleris. Scleris? Sclera. I don't fucking know, but well, yeah, that sounds right to me. I'm going all in on sclera. So. Hell yeah, yeah. All my money's so. on it. We're going to start outside and move inward. Yeah. The cornea is at the very front of the eye and mm-hmm. is responsible for transmitting and focusing light onto the rest or into the rest of the eye. Okay. It's the gatekeeper. All the bit around the outside of the iris that's white, that's the sclera. Mm-hmm. It's just there. It's just <laughs> hanging out. Everything else was like, it does this. And it was like, that's the sclera. It's, it, yep. <laughs> it's there. You know it. Sure is. <laughs> uh, so the iris is the colored portion of mm-hmm. the eye. Uh, and it does help regulate the amount of light that is able to enter the eye. So we talk about like how pupils dilate and contract. That's the iris either closing the pupil or opening it. Interesting. Teamwork. We love teamwork. Yeah. Uh, and the pupils obviate the black part at the center. Yeah. The duh. yeah. Come on. Duh. Everyone knows what pupils are. Duh. <laughs> the article I read compared the pupil to the aperture of a 35 millimeter camera. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that means something to people that understand cameras. Yes. It was about like letting in certain amounts of light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you'll get it. Yeah, you said it. I was like, mm-hmm. yes, of course. <laughs> yep. I was like, I'm looking for Nikki's nod here. Because it like <laughs> twists and closes yeah. and like obviously depending on how much light it lets in and that changed your photo and all that, blah, blah, blah. You yes. Know. They get it. <laughs> I understand. I was like, the one thing cameras. I'm going to understand <laughs> for. <laughs> Every now and then I'm like, this is for Nikki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the lens is behind the pupil and the sclera and that bad boy focuses the light that the cornea lets in mm-hmm. onto the retina. Yeah. The retina is the back of the eye. It's mm-hmm. a layer of nerves. The light focused onto the retina is translated into electrical impulses that travel through the optic nerve to the brain. Bam. Vision. Interesting. Yes. We skipped a little bit of science, eh. a little bit of anatomy, but those are the relevant bits to discuss. Yeah. So why did I start with that? I don't know. First of all, because science is cool. Yeah, because science is fun. Second of all, because there are psychological implications on the dilation of pupils and visibility of sclera from the viewer's perspective. Yeah. So let's get into that. There's this really fascinating video essay for Screened by Moises and Sergio Velasquez that Mm -hmm. was short, like five minutes, but really packed with info. I watched it four times. Really? (laughs) And I had to keep pausing it to be like, okay, hold on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The following psychological summary of eyes and horror is gleaned from their work. Oh. And they're in my extended show notes. Mm -hmm. Like, I have them cited and all that stuff. So the video essay starts off with how we can see emotion in a person's face, especially the eyes. Yeah. They specifically cover how we can see fear in another person's eyes and the depth of information that can be gleaned from one small part of a person's face. Mm-hmm. They kind of call it like a point of emotional access. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to put a big old caveat here. Okay. Because there's a lot of discourse around ableism and things like reading the room as like privileged social intelligence. Okay. Autistic folks will talk about the difficulty translating facial expressions into emotions. Yep. So I'm not saying that everyone is easily able to examine someone's face and right. get that emotional gauge on what they're feeling. It's not like a prerequisite for anything humanity related. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's brain works that way. 
And then another quick sidebar here. <laughs> because this is the time of sidebars. Yeah. Uh, person first versus identity first language. Uh, it's highly personal. Mm. Every person will have a different preference for their own identity. But because of, like, where I learned about this in, like, radical disability politics, yeah. I tend to use identity first language. Okay. Uh, when discussing it broadly, but we'll modify that depending on how folks prefer to identify. So okay. it's like folks with autism versus autistic folks. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. So there's like, <laughs> there have been a lot of waves. <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of people are like, okay, well, no, I'm like a person first and I just happen to have autism. But we, then people, we've talked about it. We per, talked yeah. about it about with Annabelle. Yes. Okay. Yes. Creation or wh- whichever one we one did. One of them. Yeah. Because, okay. yeah. Thank you yep. for remembering that. I was like, I know I've mentioned I just, it. I remember because the girl is in a wheelchair and they like focus the whole yeah. movie on that. And we yep. were like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about that. Back to eyeballs and horror. Yeah. This video essay moves on to talk about how fear especially can be broadcast through the eyes. We have expressions like her eyes widened with fear. But where does that come from? Well... As we mentioned earlier, the iris and pupil contract or expand depending on light levels. They also dilate when we're afraid and we open our eyes wider. This is believed to be protective. It's a way of allowing us to see more of our surroundings and evaluate threats. The widening widening of the eye also increases the amount of visible sclera. Mm -hmm. Now that's something kind of interesting about human eyes. Our whole ass sclera is white. But in other mammals... (laughs) Whole ass sclera! (laughs) Yeah. In other mammals, much less of it is white and visible. Most of the visible sclera is dark at the front or a color similar to the iris. Mm -hmm. And there's like a narrow bit of white around the edges, but it's not always visible. So like think of a dog's eyes. Yeah. You rarely see white sclera. You don't see much if you see any at all. right. Yeah. Why could that be? Well, one theory is that animals that rely on stealth to sneak up on prey don't want the whites of their eyes to be hyper visible in the darkness when they're getting ready to pounce. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was another theory in 2001 called the cooperative eye hypothesis that has another facet to add. So one major outcome of having so ding dang much visible sclera (laughs) is that you can tell when we move our eyes or look in another direction. Right. So you can see my side eye, my eye rolls, my panic look to the corner where I forgot about (laughs) feeding my fake owl. (laughs) You poor thing. I'm sorry, don't feed you. I do. The cooperative eye hypothesis posits that this ability to readily see when someone's gaze shifts was helpful when hunting in groups as a form of nonverbal communication. Yeah. So. Right. So you're hunting. You do not yell across to the clearing, Jeff, there is a buffalo. You gesture with your eyes. <laughs> Yo, Jeff, buffalo! <laughs> buffalo! <laughs> you gesture with your eyes, and because you have lots of visible white sclera, Jeff can see your glance if he's paying attention. Jeff is not always paying attention. No, Jeff is never paying attention. He's not a good comrade. Classic Jeff. Classic Jeff. So the buffalo is all but yours now, if he, yeah. if Jeff's paying if attention. If Jeff's paying attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big if. Yeah. <laughs> Big if. So some supporting evidence for this theory would be that most other great apes don't have eyes like ours, mm-hmm. but they have less cooperative societies in terms of group hunting and foraging. Right. Furthermore, they found that in canines, the groups that hunt alone are less likely to have eyes with a white sclera opposed to canines that hunt in groups. Interesting. So there is a correlation between more cooperative hunting packs mm-hmm. and visible white sclera. That is so interesting. Yeah. Huh. There are other theories as well. Yeah. And caveat time, because isn't it always? Uh, theories and hypotheses come and go. Yeah. Uh, that was put forward in 2001. Right. Maybe in 2003, they were like, fuck you. <laughs> maybe like, next that's year. ridiculous. Maybe next year will be like, why did we ever think that? <laughs> so, like, we put forward ideas based on the available, el- available evidence. Yeah. But also the cultural context. 
So there's like a metric shit ton of gender essentialist nonsense in yeah. evolutionary theory and overlapping is the like Eurocentric nonsense with a lot of that. So right. grain of salt in general. Yeah. When we only value certain types of knowledge that happen to come from privileged institutions that historically and presently exclude marginalized communities and their wealth of right. knowledge, it's healthy to broaden your scope. Right. So again, anytime I'm like, science says this, grain of salt. Grain of salt. Grain of salt. Back to eyes. When we see the proportion, let's see, when we see the proportion of sclera to face changing, i.e. when your eyes widen, yeah. that actually triggers a response in us. So our brain does a lot of stuff, and there are a lot of parts of the brain. Neurobiology in a nutshell. Basically, whenever we talk about brain components and functions, it's not entirely discrete. Everything is about interplay and signals. Yeah. You can't say, like, this part of the brain does this and no other part of the brain has hands on it. No. <laughs> Uh, everything's interconnected. Yeah. It's all about like the way they communicate with each other. But most researchers start with the amygdala when talking about fear responses. The amygdala is a major player when it comes to processing memory, emotional responses, and making decisions. Among the emotions that the amygdala has a hand in managing is fear. Mm-hmm. And you can see the fear response in brain scans because when you spook your research patent, it essentially lights up their amygdala on the screen. So you can be like, poke, ah, ah look, there's this, like, it's bright. Uh, so as mentioned in the previous theory on cooperative cultures, we're also very socially enmeshed as a society. Mm-hmm. So we don't just react to clearly dangerous stimuli. We also react to others reacting to it. Yeah. If Jeff's eyes suddenly go wide as he's looking over my shoulder, there's a decent chance something alarming is over my shoulder. Fear response. Because I see his mm-hmm. reaction and then I have a reaction based on his eyes widening in fear. Right. But we also want to narrow the focus and root out any potential confounding variables. So any variables that could be influencing the outcome that we're not manipulating. Yeah. So maybe Jeff's jaw also dropped or he started shaking. Those could be confounding variables because we're trying to say it's the eyes that did it, but he has all these other physical tells. We can't say for sure that we reacted with a fear response because we saw his eyes. So how do you evaluate whether it was the eyes that did it? Researchers at University of Madison, <laughs> Wisconsin had a plan. Nope. University of Wisconsin, Madison. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Wisconsin. And it's similar to me. Uh, so this is a direct quote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It is direct. Direct quote. <laughs> quote. <laughs> to test this, the team placed subjects in a scanner and showed them a series of image sets on mm-hmm. a video monitor. The first image in each set was a pair of eyes against a black background. The second was an entire face with a blank expression. The subjects were only aware of the blank faces, however, because, yeah, um, however, because the eye images flashed on screen for a mere 17 milliseconds. Oh. Yeah. Uh, these transient images were enough to stimulate the amygdala. When oh. wide eyes with large whites flashed across the screen, subjects' amygdala showed four times more activation than when narrow eyes with small eye whites appeared. The team reports that, um, when, what December issue, whatever. Uh, however, when the researchers inverted the eye pictures so that the pupils were white and the scleras were black, the amygdala responded the same to wide and narrow eyes. Oh. Indicating that it's the amount of white, not just the amount of eye, that signals fear. That is so interesting. So it's about the ratio of white sclera to the rest of the eye that's the yeah. important factor. And I think that's a really important thing to note because yeah, everyone's eyes like, are different sizes. Right. And so it'd be pretty fucking racist to be like, oh, we know that all humanity has like this experience. Right. It's about the ratio. Do you want to see the pictures that they showed them? Yes, I'm okay. very curious. Because it was pretty fucking cool. Let me pull up. I wonder how I'm going to react. Oh, that's 
Weird. Yeah. Oh, that's... Oh. Yeah. I don't like that. Isn't it alarming? Because yes. Because this one is like, oh, that shit. That one makes me frightened. Yes. Like, I'm like, oh, I should be scared. Yeah. But the other one, I'm like, yeah, we chilling. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. We'll have to post it on like, Instagram or something. Oh, for sure. Because, like, that's so interesting. Oh, I thought it was fascinating. I bumped my mic. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, going back to my notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the ratio of white square, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Uh, they were able to hone in on just the eyes absent any other facial features. So it's not the jaw dropping. It's not the shaking like a leaf. Yeah. The video essay shows clips from The Shining, Rosemary's Baby, Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. There are countless shots in horror films of someone's eyes widening in terror as they right. realize they behold something dangerous. And that activates a fear response in us. So we've talked about the way that like someone else's fear makes us fear. Yeah. But that's not the only way that horror media uses wide eyes. What about the characters whose eyes are always a little bit too wide? Bella Lugosi's Dracula, <laughs> Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. Oh, Any yeah. of the leading men that give the Kubrick stare. Oh, the Kubrick stare. Uh-huh. <laughs> my foot fell asleep the other day, and I actually hit it with my other foot, and I thought it was like a creature underneath my desk, because I was like, what, touched me? It's I your own me. foot. <laughs> yeah. Haunting. I'm doing great. Yeah. Okay, so Kubrick stare. That can also activate a fear response. Maybe we're uneasy because we're receiving this constant signal that there is danger, even though that doesn't really align yeah. with what's happening. So why have I spent so much time talking about eyes? Why? Aside from the obvious moments of pure terror that we get from the victims and intended victims, there's also the fact that this is eyes without a face. Yes. it's Yeah. <laughs> We do see Christiane's face a few times in the film without her mask, mm-hmm. both before the transplant and after the seemingly successful one. Right. But most of the time, we only see her eyes. The mask is neutral. We don't get expression or movement from the lips or eyebrows. We just see her eyes. Oof. You pair that sense, or you pair that with her sense of entrapment in her situation, emotionally and physically, and it's like the mask is a cage, and all we have are her eyes as a tether to us. Right. And it makes for an intense experience when you're constantly trying to understand her emotions, her motives. Yeah. When you have an impassive mask paired with expressive eyes. Yep. There's also the fact that she goes on a journey. <laughs> Poor girl. <laughs> from passive and grief-stricken to active despair but passive complicity. Yeah. To potential active involvement in the violence, ultimately ending up at defiance. Yeah. So this entire time, we're seeing her body language and we're seeing her eyes. Sometimes we see that loneliness and loss. Other times we see her crumbling psyche through her two wide eyes. How does that affect us when we're tuned so carefully and consciously to minute stimuli, when we have potentially conflicting expressions? Mm -hmm. There's that scene in Get Out where the housekeeper is smiling with her face, but her eyes are horrified and she's crying because she's trapped, can't free herself, can't save him. In this case, the mask offers a neutral or conflicting expression that forces mm-hmm. us to delve deeper. Yeah. And when all of us is focused on that and we're constantly trying to evaluate her safety, our safety, the safety of the other characters, and it's just the eyes? I know. What does that do? But yeah, I thought it was really fascinating when you have like the mask that is just neutral at best, Ugh. potentially kind of like melancholy. Right. If you want to go into any of it, but you don't have like eyebrow expression. You don't have, like, smiling or frowning. You no. just have a still face. It's, oh, it's so uh, spooky. <laughs> yeah. She did a really, really good job. There was also an article I read um, about facial paralysis. Uh-huh. And someone was talking about how, like, wearing masks in the time of COVID was actually a very, like, equalizing moment for mm-hmm. folks with facial paralysis. Oh, interesting. Because they were like, we have to learn to be expressive in a lot of different ways 
to not be like ostracized mm-hmm. because people are like, oh, you're not smiling. <clears throat> so like, oh, you're not like emoting. Right. And so she's like, I use like gestures. I use my clothing. I use like all these different things to right. show like I'm engaged. I'm like present emotionally right. here. My face doesn't move. And so, like, they said that masks were, like, an equalizer. Yeah. Because now you understand, oh, they can't see I'm smiling. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. So interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, we are forced to pay so much attention. But did you find yourself, like, looking at the rest of the face, looking back at the eyes, like, trying to piece oh, yeah. it together? Yeah. I have notes about it. I'm excited to talk about it. What does that focus do I, when we're so attuned to that type of thing? Freaks me out. I know that. So that's why I talked about eyes. <laughs> oh, so excited. That was a good one. Thank you. <sighs> I love eyes. I have all I I uh, when I was in middle school I did a science fair project on eyes. We both did a middle school project on eyes. Uh, mine was am I lying? It was if you can tell the direction someone's eyes move when they talk indicates if they're lying, and it was based on like some like pretty preliminary research that said like you look different directions for like remembering something spatial mm-hmm. or inventing something spatial or remembering something tactile, like that sort of thing. Interesting. And so I did like 60 interviews with people and I had them lie to me a number of times that they chose and they just had to write down if they told the truth or lie yeah. on like a tiny slip. And then I would watch it and try to figure out if they were lying. <laughs> and then I would score myself. <laughs> I was hoping that we were going to bond over this, but you just described yours and I was like, I drew a diagram of the eye, and I did the anatomy and went, that's good. Amazing. <laughs> Called it a day. <laughs> okay. I went to state. Yeah. 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 I, oh, no. Mine was just for class. <laughs> mine was for science fair. I also went to school in Florida. No offense, Florida, but uh, come on. Florida. Uh, yeah. So, uh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's, the I've pictures of the eyes. eyes are still haunting me. Eyes always freak me out. Mm. I love them. Anytime they mess with eyes in movies, I get pretty grossed out. And that's something else the video essay talked about, where um, they talked a lot about, like, when there's possession or, like, some Mm -hmm. sort of change in someone's physicality, they, like, fuck with the eyes. So it's like, oh, she has white eyes, entirely white. Demon. Oh, there's blood. Zombie. Right. And so, like, the way that messing with that way that we engage with it. It's a simple... Simple thing, but then there's it really fucks you up. Also, a ton of eye mutilation. That's a separate thing. Oh, that's thing. one of the, Yeah. Eye mutilation really gets me. It freaks me out. I don't I, like it. No. It's a texture that I'm not into. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Um, sorry, let me respond to this real quick. Of course. Somebody was asking to go to my house, and I was like, no. <laughs> okay. I'm excited for these notes. I don't have a lot because, again, I try to pay attention <laughs> so I can figure everything out. Um, but what I do have, you know, so um here we go i said i said the movie starts out strong yeah we are talking about horror now right oh yeah okay yeah okay um so the movie starts out strong with a murder mm-hmm. love it i mm-hmm. love when we're just like we're doing it yeah we're murdering yep um murdering okay and dumping a body i we are also starting out strong here because I already need clarification. Who the fuck did they throw in the water? Uh, okay, so her name was Simone Tissot. Okay. And it's, remember when Henri, um, well, okay, so remember when the father yes. uh, goes to identify a corpse. Yes. And he says, that's Christian. Yes. He is lying. Yeah. Because that is the person he murdered, and that is um, Simone Tissot. And so, the person they threw in the water, right? Yep. And okay. Henri is the sad dad who was also called because they were like, we think it's your daughter because, like, similar oh. appearance, similar age. So similar it was missing. his daughter. Oh, it was deaf his daughter. Oh, that's why he said, you still have hope. Yeah. 
because he was like, oh, you'll never actually find her body because I just... Because oh, I just identified your daughter's I wondered, body as my daughter. He walked up and I got confused because yeah. for a hot second, I thought that the sad dad was also talking about Christine. Um, so I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, this is like one of his employees that just like really bonded with her. I don't know. Yeah, no. But now I realize, okay, it was another dad. Okay. That makes so much more yeah. sense. Thank you so much for clarifying oh, that. Oh, sure. Really makes that moment a lot more poignant. Oh, it's so sad. It's very sad now that I know what the fuck is happening. Oh my God. That's awful. Yeah. Well, I'm really just into it now. Hmm? So then I went through a wild ride because I said, so the secretary killed her? Because in my head, I'm still like, she's dead. <laughs> this movie, here's the thing, I'm gullible, okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So if a movie lies to me, I'm going to believe them usually. Uh... So in my head, I was like, wow, she's dead. I was like, what a bummer. That sucks sad. to suck, man. Sucks to suck. He was at the funeral and I was like, wow. Harder to fix her face when she's dead. So then I'm like, secretary killed her? Next note, is the dad in on it? And then, oh, she alive. (laughs) (laughs) Went through a wild ride of emotions in the beginning of this. Then I was like, now I must talk about the mask. I thought that mask was cool as hell. It's amazing. You see her lips Uh, able to move a tiny bit at some point. I was like, oh. I wonder, maybe you know, but I don't know. I wonder if that's a cast of her own actual face. Because, like. I was wondering the same, but, like, when she has the seemingly successful one, yeah. her eyes are, like, very widely placed, and she has a very thin nose and, like, full lips. And the nose is a little wider on yeah. that mask. And, like, her lips are not as full as the yeah. masks. So I wonder what it is. But I guess what I'm saying is that, like, the mask is really this uncanny valley where, like, at first she puts it on, like, the first time you see it, I really just, for a hot second was so confused because I was like, that just looks like her face. I was like, Mm -hmm. if her mouth moved, I would believe it briefly, especially because of the black and white. Yeah. Because like you don't get that discoloration of like the mask from her eyes usually because she seems like a very, she's very pale. Like like different tones of like off white instead of like. It's just enough to be like, if I squinted, I would just be like, that's her face and she's resting. But like, it's not. And you don't get used to it for like a few like scenes and then all of a sudden you are used to it and then you start to go a little wild because of the eyes uh-huh and she's like wringing her hands oh her that face is- i was gonna talk about that her body language is incredible in this Amazing. which like i know you already talked about because like obviously they have to because like she doesn't have the rest of her facial expressions to like rely on to get mm-hmm. emotions across like so she was really just hamming it up with those the hands she was like rubbing her hands together mm-hmm. and i was like this is great she just was great everyone ate it um, and it seems like they kind of did that to everybody too, mm-hmm. which is really interesting because a lot of them wear like surgical masks for a lot mm-hmm. of the film. So I was like, oh, interesting. So you, they also have to. It's weird uh, how at home I feel when I see characters wearing masks. I know. Like the, like medical masks. Cause when Isn't we want now, um, <laughs> the little, whatever, the plant one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 When there's a scene where they're all wearing like PPE, I was like, it was early COVID and I was like, this feels reassuring. <laughs> right. It's weird now. I still sometimes will watch movies where they're like at concerts and I'll be like, oh, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so strange. But it was great to like see her do so well with this and then to watch them like her her dad and like the secretary when they're doing surgery and they have mm-hmm. those masks on to also kind of have to do that. Yeah. Um, and everyone just did such a good job. I think it's, it's great. I think it was interesting to go from her mm-hmm. where like she literally doesn't have the rest of her face to be able to like show any kind of emotion. So she's like really doing other things. 
where then you have them doing surgery and like I did find myself questioning sometimes what they were doing or like how they were feeling because mm-hmm. I couldn't see their the rest of their face and I was like oh that's because that's not second nature to them yet yeah. like it is for her in yeah. a way like I don't know. It was just interesting to yeah. see it go from her to them because I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> she was just it was like so natural to her. And I wondered how long she had been like that. Do they say how long she is? I think before she gets the first more of like an implied timeline. OK, I think that it might have been a few weeks. OK, I'm not really sure about that. OK, enough for her to adjust in some way because she does talk about the mask where she's yeah. like, I feel something in my with my face but she's like i feel just as gruesome like with my mask or something like that yeah and where she's like i'm afraid of my face but i'm even yes, more afraid of my mask that was it yeah. so i was like okay that's interesting so it shows that like she's she knows of it she's adjusted to it enough to be like i hate it um i also said uh <laughs> i like how chill he is about removing faces that is so scary and it's i mean it's common it's not like this is new but showing anybody do something that's like really gross or really unsettling and they're just like yep all in a day's work he's like scalpel let's do it oh yeah and he was just like "Uh uh-huh and she also i that's the thing but they had their masks i was like is she nervous is she used to this it was interesting because i was like with him i was like i kind of understand that he's very calm doing this but like the whole time the secretary gives off vibes of like i'm uncomfortable but then again other times i was like is she not i don't know she was a cool character to watch she was yeah um but yeah that was my note on that. Um, also, the constant sound of dog barking. Mm. Oh, my God. I'm not even, like, I'm not a huge dog person. You know, I get a little nervous around, yeah. like, really, really big dogs, but not enough to actually, like, freak me out. But immediately, with all the dogs just constant barking, it, like, overstimulates yeah. my brain, which is, I'm assuming, the point. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't do that for no reason. It's like- I have been a dog person my entire yeah. fucking life, and I get very uneasy when I hear that many yes. dogs. Like, working at a humane society and going into the dog rooms, mm-hmm. love dogs desperately, cannot stand to hear that. It's, I used to work at a humane society, too, and it mm-hmm. was just hard. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, my God. And so you take that already anxiety-inducing noise, but then you think about why they're there, and it, like, doubles to just make it worse. So, like, they're not even, like, pets or not anything. They're just, like, things he can operate on. Yeah. And it's, like, worse. So that was great. I love the sound design in this. Anything from the 60s or, like, 50s to 60s, their sound design is so good. Yeah. I love the sound of feet on, like, There's so ground. much echoing. Yes. And, like, very clear clicks and, like, gravel. Yes. And, like, everything was... It wasn't juicy. It was crisp. Yes. It exactly. was a refreshing, crisp apple of Foley. It really was. It's, like, everything was so, like... I don't know. I don't know. I just loved it. I love the sound from movies in the 60s because mm-hmm. I feel like they just put so much emphasis on things. Yeah. It's like listening to someone talk who enunciates very uh... well. It is so nice. You're just like, I know exactly what they said. Like, so that's how I felt about that. The, the footsteps, everything, the dogs barking. It's like, even though you're only overstimulated by certain sounds, it's purposeful because then you hear other sounds that are so crisp and perfect compared to this cacophonous, just like, yeah. Ugh. I was like, oh, that's so good. Because <laughs> then it makes moments that are quiet, extra quiet. Like he's slow moving yes. from the garage upstairs, up the other so stairs, good. down the hall. Anytime she is walking around the house, mm-hmm. it is just like dead silent. And so good. <laughs> Until she gets to certain parts of the house, and then all of a sudden it's like, geez, okay. Yeah. I love it. Everyone also talked very, there was not a lot of like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just 
forgetting scenes, but it just seemed like so everyone was so composed for so much of the movie mm. that when they weren't, it just felt so like jarring and scary. Cause yeah. like anytime anybody would like lose their temper or get upset or whatever, I was just like, Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're really doing it now. Cause yeah. for most of it, everyone's very like pristine, calm. Yeah. So great. Because the father's putting on a front. Like he, oh, first yeah. of all, is like a renowned surgeon. Mm-hmm. And, like, doctor. And then, second of all, he has to be putting forward this, like, facade of I am the grieving father. Yeah. And when something is, like, getting in the way of his orderliness and his uh, lies <laughs> and crimes. Yeah. He's, like, control yourself. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, and it's, like, huh. And it's also just, now that I obviously know what happened in the beginning, that line is so good when he's, like, well, at least you have hope. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad. But then you're, like, your daughter's not dead. And like that is the saddest thing you, you could have killed said. his daughter. Yes. So and to tell him, oh, at least you have hope when you know that he doesn't. And he said it so calm, and then just got in his car and drove away. And I was like, well, no wonder he's so calm. He knows that he's just a fucking liar. Yeah. A great actor. He Everybody in this parks was like an asshole. Oh, I know. I saw that. I was like, <laughs> all right. It's like, like who parks like that? Who does this? A everybody. Everybody in this, I thought, was really good, mm-hmm. and um. Especially because, like, so much of it was focused on, like, just eyes or, like, with her mask and everything. She was incredible. Um, I also love anytime we do a movie in black and white. Mm. Just because oh, it's got such good contrast. And, like, I like to picture what colors they're all actually wearing. Because, like, I know that, like, certain tones and hues will give off different vibes in black and white. So, like, a lot of times they're wearing wild colors and you don't even know it. Was the Adams yeah. Family? No. Adams Family, yes. Adams Family... Like, the entire yeah. house was shades of pink. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I so love like, that. Shades of, like, red and stuff, I yeah. think, is really interesting under black and white. And that's why they did it. It was, like, all shades of, like, pinks and, like, greens. And, like, it was just so pretty <laughs> and cutesy. Um, and I, I wondered what they did for the blood. Um, mm. I made a pretentious thing. I mean, I was worked on a few, f- like, student films in mm-hmm. college and everything that were black and white. And a lot of times it was, like chocolate syrup because it was thick and it was so dark that you could easily be like that's blood so it was like an interesting consistency so i wondered what they used chocolate syrup is much better than the corn syrup with red food coloring oh yeah especially for black and white because it's the right consistency psycho exactly and it just has to be dark yeah so it was easy and like i don't know right consistency (laughs) right consistency So I, I'm curious. I just don't know what they use. Yeah. I was like, I wonder, because it was so dark. And yeah. it in like, because now that I know they couldn't do a lot of blood, it's so cool when they're going around the, the girl's face the first time. Mm-hmm. And then she like dabs it and it gets all like, it, it's so surgical, but it's still so gross. Yeah. I'm like, he's being so careful, but it still creeps me out and grosses me out, even though it doesn't drip until it gets to her chin. He goes all the way around, and we have to watch him go all the way around, and it doesn't start to drip, and that's when your brain goes, oh, right, there's blood. Yeah. There was, like, a brief second where I was like, oh, they're just not going to do blood. Yep. And I was yep. like, cool. And then I, ugh, yep. so It looked gross. like he was drawing on her with a marker, yeah. because that was the amount of blood. Because he does do it the first time. Yeah, because he does he, the pencil, but then, like, as he goes around, it's like, oh, he's a thick marker this yes. time. Hmm? I was like, oh, he's thickening the line, but he already said scalpel, so it's like, you know... That he's cutting her face, but there's that brief part of your brain where you're like, is he? Because I just can't tell. And then when he does, and she dabs it, and it just gets all over her chin, and I'm like, oh, that's so gross. So subtle. I really thought it was going to be like a fade to black moment or like a gory discretion shot. And I was like, I have, my notes of this moment are just, um, oh, oh, he is sweaty. Okay, this is gorier than I would anticipate. 
And then he cuts so fast. Oh, God, around the eyes. Forceps, lift it off. Okay, that looks like a rubber mask. Clamping. God, yeah. this is prolonged. The French really got away with a lot here. <laughs> no! It's, it's like the lack of blood and the lack of like... Like, I don't know, usually when you see something like this in a horror film, the person is freaking out or it's not surgically done, you know? Like, I feel like usually when you have gore like this, which I, it's, it's, it's not even gore, I wouldn't say. Like, it's so minuscule. Like, it's so little of it that I'm like, I can't say gore. I think the amount of gore, the only gory part is when they lift it off her face and you see the remains of her face. Right. And and even then, it's like, oh, they really made you wait for it. Yeah. It's like, you knew it was coming. And it was very it brief. sucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, same with uh, Christine's face, yeah. too. Like, and any it's blurry moment, when I see it. Yeah, yeah. Which is such a good shot. I keep cutting you off because I'm excited. No, I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, when they take her face off, I'm like, I think the lack of blood the first time he, he goes around like that and then he takes it off, it makes the, like, seeing underneath so much more, like, shocking because yeah. your brain doesn't have time to adjust to, like, what's happening. So that's great. That's good. That's a good way to get around, you know, like they couldn't show a lot of blood. Yeah. So they had to be like smart about it. We had another movie that did that. Do you remember what it was? It. It. The first It. Yes. That was so great. I think like using blood, uh, I don't know, in creative ways. They were like, you can't show it coming from a person, but you can show a fountain coming from the sink. (laughs) All right, fine. And I'm like, that's so good. And this movie did that too. I thought it was so cool. Um... Uh, hold on. Oh, yeah, and I said, um, the way Christine disappears when that girl does see her face, um, is so cool. When it's blurry and, like, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to have, like, this POV of her eyes opening, and then Christine's just there, and it's the first time you see it, I think, too, right? It's the first time the audience sees it? Yeah, it's the only time we see her face, like, before the seemingly successful procedure. So, like, it's so interesting because it's a reveal for us yeah but then it's also like oh it's a reveal for this poor girl yeah. too we at least have context yeah we're ready for it like we're like oh there she is i was waiting for this but this poor girl's like i have no fucking clue no she's like and i woke up in a strange place yeah. and this is the first thing i'm oh. seeing and then it's sad because it's like christine's not you know like it's i don't know it's just interesting yeah and it's blurry because that girl is like half awake and i was like nice that's good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like a half reveal so good. I said the surgery scene is so gruesome. Like, we already talked about it, but I was not expecting it. And then this is not a horror note. This is just... I noticed that when her surgery was, like, semi-successful the first time, when she's at dinner, and he's inspecting her face to be like, oh, wow, it looks great. He has his hands on her face, and in my notes I wrote, dang, this woman got a small head, though. <laughs> I said the girl who plays Christine... Has such a dainty little face. She's so small. She's very dainty. She's very dainty. The whole time, she's like wringing her hands. Like yes! her hands are so tiny. She's like putting her hands together, and I'm like, long fingers, little tiny. Like those are baby like, hands. Her wrists are like, oh my gosh, and Toothpicks. she's just so little. And it made it extra spooky. Not because she's little, but because yeah. I'm like, she's just. She seems so breakable. She. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's not impish because that's the wrong thing. Frail? But no. Yes, but also, like, wayfish. Wayfish, yeah. yeah. So she just seemed so, so small and so, like... Ephemeral. Yeah, to be in such a gruesome thing. Like, to be like, yeah. that girl's so small, she's so, like... My dad's killing people and putting their face yeah, on Yeah, she seems so, like, meek and little, and then you see her, like, oh, this is a face from someone my dad kidnapped and murdered. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, it, it's weird, it, like... It forces you to separate her from this violence, but then at the same time, you're like, but she's kind of part of it. Yeah. And then, like you said, at the end, it's defiance, and 
I think that's great because she is so little and then you get to see her be so defiant and yeah. she sets those doves free. So good. Because again, she looks so little and she's doing something so simple, but I'm like, hell yeah. Like, it's this is a real good for her moment. Oh, it's a it, real good for her. Yeah, good for her. Uh, it, it was just great. I was like, watching oh, yeah. her like release each dog and like she has built relationships with all yes. of those dogs. She's the only kind person to them. <sighs> and it's, so interesting too because she does it like one by one so it's not this big moment where she's like release them like she very much goes one by one like you said there's a relationship and she's like okay and you're free and now you are free and then oh behind they're behind the door and you hear the barking and you're like i've heard this the whole time but now it's worse because i know they're free and he doesn't yeah so it's like oh yeah the barking i know the barking why does it sound so close though and then opens the door and i'm like oh I knew, obviously, that, like, it was going to attack him because he kept putting his arm out to be like, I've, I've trained for this moment. Yeah. You will attack my arm first. And he was very padded. Um, but still, yeah. it doesn't matter. Freaked me out. Yeah. Dogs dogs attack and freak me out. Always I mean, will. it's scary. Oh, it's so scary. Yeah. That part, when we talked about it in Green Room, it freaked me out. Yeah. To have, like, those monstrous, scary moments with these dogs and then to watch it do something <clears throat> so sweet. It's like, oh. <gasps> Yeah. So spooky. So that part is great. Like I said, I'm almost at the end of my notes because I didn't have a lot. Um, and I said, dang, lost his face. <laughs> How the tables have turned. I say tables have turned later in my notes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. See? For this moment. Wrote, good. Yeah. Um, but then when she walks away, it's so good. Because she's just like, she's almost like she's like flowing. Like, like fairy-like. Yeah. She's just like flowing through this grass and it's like. It's like everything that happened to her is just like, well, about now. Oh, weird. I don't know. It was just interesting. And so little talking. So little talking. So not a ton of dialogue, especially from her. Yeah. But yet I still was like, I want to see what's going to happen with her. Like She didn't need to talk for me to be invested in her story. It was great. And she does say things. It's like, like, like... All of the dialogue was very intentional, Mm. and her dialogue in particular was very laden, where she was like, I feel like I have to live for multiple people now. Like, I look at my face, and it's not mine, and, like, all these different things. I'm like, fuck. I know. Everything she says was so important, I feel like, and, like, really intense, and then she only really has, I feel like she only really has, like, one kind of big breakdown where she's like, just kill me, please, just let me die, and she really just doesn't want to be alive, and, uh... It's built to that point. And then because she's so meek and quiet when she does have her her breakdown, it's like, oh, God, it hurts more. Because you're like, you've been so quiet. She is like a weird character where I was like, you're going along with this, but also you're breaking my heart. Yeah, I'm happy you're free, but also, ah! Yeah. (laughs) It was just spooky. Yeah. So those are all my horror notes. Um, I just thought it was so great. The acting was spot on. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, my notes are a collection of me being distracted by things. Uh, <laughs> so I was talking like, wow, she's really anxious. There's a lot of condensation in that car. How'd they get that picture of me, like, wiping the condensation away? <laughs> and then I was like, why is she so nervous? I was like, oh, girl's anxious because she's transporting a dead body. Cute car. What a cute car? And then I realized that I want a collection of crime cars from horror films. Like, the Love Witch car. Oh, yeah. And this car. I just want, That's like, cute little car. drawings. And oh, that'd be so cute. There's an artist. I need to find their Instagram handle. Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh-huh. They do haunted houses. And they oh, do like I've little seen, bell jars. Maybe not that one. But with I've the haunted seen... houses inside. They're gorgeous. That is so cool. And it's like I do have some art by this person. 
I want to say it's Lively Ghosts, but I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. I don't I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. We'll find out. But they do just, like, really beautiful artwork of haunted houses from film. Oh, so And cool. I think it'd be really cute to have crime cars. Yeah, because there's so many good ones. There's so many good ones. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So I have my notes about that, and it comes back yeah. a few more times. Um, One of my favorite shots in the film is when they're leaving the graveyard. And oh, yeah. you have that long shot of them, like, where it follows them walking, and then, like... One of them is walking in from the other. One of them pauses, waits. But then after they start moving again, the camera doesn't move anymore. Yeah. So they walk around. You see them get in the car. And then they start driving away. And then it shifts again. But then it stays where it is. And you see the car driving away. But there's a row of trees. And so each time you see it, it's further because it's between a different tree. Oh. And it was just so beautiful. So good. There's some pretty shots in this movie. Oh, God. Um. Um, lots of reflections. Mm-hmm. The mirrors reflecting pools, shining ass cars. Um, there was like a lot of scene building as he was walking through. And one of the things that I really loved is that he makes his path from the garage through like the foyer or whatever, up the pretty stairs, up the back stairs. Like we're not fancy. We're all friends here stairs. Right. And then into her room. And then she retraces half of that going back down all the way to the foyer. Then she goes into like the garage. But then at that point, like she has retraced his steps and then he goes further into the murder room. The oh, surgery. Right. And so it's, like, you see this echo and, like, this reflection mm-hmm. of the pathway through the house. Right. And, like, it's in different circumstances. <laughs> oh, it's so good. They start out with reflections right away. Mm-hmm. There's that great scene in the very beginning where the doctor is doing his, like, demonstration. And then he says something to them, leaves. And then, like, the two people that are in the reflection, that's not even that easy to see, keep talking. Yeah. And it took me a minute to be like, who's talking? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's their reflection. Like, it, the camera just never moved. Yeah. It watched him leave, yeah. and then we were just supposed to keep looking. So interesting. Then there's a scene, I think it was in the police station or the morgue, mm-hmm. and, like, you see someone talking to someone else, but you see one person standing in front of a mirror. The mirror's angled yes. down. yeah. So you see the person sitting behind the desk. They're off screen, but you see their reflection and the person standing in front of the mirror. So and I was like, shit, I good. love mirrors. And she literally talks about it, too. Yeah. When she says, like, they covered the mirrors, but there's so many reflective surfaces. Yep. And I was like, and then they do it. And you're like, hell yeah. Yeah. So good. Uh, so then I went from, like, that to the secretary has her mischief music and Christiane has her pseudo bucket hat. Yes! <laughs> like, or someone has their bucket hat. I don't uh, remember who it was. Somebody. Um, and then, like, he has the line, I've done so much wrong to perform this miracle. And there's, like, the religious, religious connotation of miracles. And they refer to Christiane as looking angelic. And she's like, I'm right. not sure if angelic's the right word. So there are a lot of, like, lots of symbolism. Yeah. Um, there's very little non-diegetic sound. Yeah. Uh, it's really just the mischief music. Uh, when yeah, someone you get a few times. As what I call the activity of note. It's good music, too. Yeah. And it it's when I, the secretary had her own spooky. theme. Like, she yes. always had that song when she was prowling. Um, good. And I loved that. That's uh, something they don't really do anymore in movies, I feel like. But that was a big thing back in, like, the 60s, 70s. Oh, yeah. In, like, 50s. It was, like, a character had their music. Like, Darth Vader. I know that's not, like, Yeah, the, but, it, yeah. but still, like, in movies even, in, yeah. like, shows, like, there was, like, a thing that you knew that character was going to do something. Because they had their music. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, and then she has her moody, her moody uh, chase long. Yeah. Uh, and then at one point, she's not even on the chase. She's just on the ground beside <laughs> it. And I was like, I oh, love she's that. that moody, huh? They, like, show the thing. And I'm like, oh, she's not in there. Oh, there she oh. is. <laughs> she's, she's just, just like, sprawled on the ground in front of it. <laughs> it's right after the thing didn't work. Yeah. The transplant. And they're like, here's your mask again. And she's like, no, no. <laughs> I love that. 
Uh, and then I have two more notes. Yes. Cops are useless even in France. Yeah. Uh, and then Jesus Christ, uh, because the cops are like, we'll make sure she gets home safely. And then the immediate cut was to the pencil on the girl's face where she's very much not safe. And I was like, that's a very effective cut. So good. It was, so. it was pretty dang good. I still want to watch it again mm-hmm. only because I know I missed parts. Um, which made it like, it didn't make it any less effective. Yeah. Like, I still was like, this is spooky as hell. I just think that I would like it even more yeah. if I paid attention and didn't have to do notes. Yeah. Um, because I think with the movies with subtitles especially, I think I miss stuff. Yeah. Um, I forget I can't understand it. Yeah. It's like your brain is so used to being able to be like, well, I can still hear it, so I won't miss it. And then I'm like, well, now I'm not seeing or hearing it. So I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, I have very basic French knowledge. Right. And so I was like, I understood five words. I know it's happening. No, I don't. I have yeah. to read it. <laughs> and it's my own fault for just not pausing it. But it's like an instinct of where like, well, I'll, I'll know what they're saying. Yeah. No, I won't. So sure I just want to watch it again because yeah. I think I missed stuff and I think it would be even scarier if I watched uninterrupted, just watched it. Yeah. Because it's really effective. I it's wanna, really good. I want to be able to watch it without like trying to take my notes. Yes. Like, yeah. Oh. It's great. So those are all my horror notes. Those are my notes. I know it's scariest moments. Yes. I think I think I know mine. Okay. If I you know. Mine. Yeah. Do you want to go? Yeah. So it's right before um, we see Edna and she sees Christiane mm-hmm. and... She's, like, walking around and, and is, like, <laughs> good or bad person. And then uh, Christiane picks up the scalpel and right. Edna starts screaming and thrashing, oh, understandably yeah. so. Because it's, like, oh. And at this point, we know as the viewer or we anticipate as yeah. the viewer that she is not going to let her father take another person's face. But we right. don't know if she is going to stab the face and the person wielding right. it. It's, like, does she and care about this person? Or does she just or, care about not being part of the lab anymore? Right. And so it's like, I did not like, know if uh, she was going to just, like, cut this person's face bloodily off into ribbons. Yeah. Or if she was going to free her. And then she frees her. <laughs> but it was I so remember she was, like, the tension. Like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, Christiane. <laughs> like, thank God. Yeah. So that's my scariest moment. Oh, that's a good one. I forgot about that one. That one's good. Mm. Um, Mine is the one I talked about earlier with the dogs. That yeah. freaked me out. Because yeah. that noise of the dogs barking kind of haunted me the whole time because it made me very anxious the entire time so then when i heard it knew they were free i just was like well this guy's in for a bad day (laughs) um so and it wasn't even the first attack that scared me the most i think what scared me the most is watching them all run over him yeah and like only a few were like biting yeah like he's bleeding he's screaming but some of them were just like walking all over him as if he wasn't even there and they were just like "Mm, whatever yeah and it was like the indifference of like uh, this person i don't know i don't know because i don't know dogs you know are they doing this out of malice are they genuinely just like whatever i'm bred to attack i have no idea i don't know anything about dogs but either way i was uncomfortable and i was like whoa (laughs) it's like they eating that man yeah they are (laughs) i mean any animal eats a person i'm gonna be like one of my favorite things was some of the dogs were messing with each other like we don't care about this man's politics and they're just like i have a score settled with oscar though (laughs) Brian, get in here. <laughs> Jeff! Damn, ah, Jeff! <laughs> Jeff, pay attention, my eyes. You failed me on the buffalo. Don't come fail on, me come on. <laughs> Exactly. Some of the dogs just, like, were messing around, but some of them were genuinely just, like, eating his face. And yeah. I was like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> it was the fact that someone just didn't care at all. Oh, gross. I don't know the intentions of dogs, but it still scared me. <laughs> so that's my scariest moment. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Are you ready for trolls? Hell yeah. 
Okay. I don't know why my arms are You're doing, doing what a dance, doing. and I like it. <laughs> Interpretive dance. Uh, so the first one I have, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on because when you walked in today, I was like, I've spent the last 30 minutes trying to figure out if something's ironic or not. Still don't know. I know, and you hate that. I hate that. That is your curse. It is my uh, Achilles heel. Yeah. Is yeah. like irony. Is it? <laughs> is it irony? I don't know. Uh, and so the trope is the atoner. And yeah. so he's trying to atone for his sin of crashing the car and, right. and like gravely injuring his daughter. Through, like, the only way to atone in his mind is to fix her face in right. his, like, perception of this. And to do that, he has to murder innocent people. And so his atonement is by committing atrocities worse than the ironic. original act. Yeah. And so, like, someone's like, oh, it's cruel irony. Well, yeah. cruel irony is not a literary device or a oh, literary okay. term. There's tragic and dramatic, but it doesn't really fit either of those. Mm. But I, like, it feels ironic. It but feels I don't ironic know if to it's, me. Yeah. And so, like, I just got real stuck. And so then I yeah. read all the different ways that you can play with the atoner trope. And I was like, is it subverted? Is it deconstructed? Right. And it didn't fit any of those. So basically, he's trying to atone. He does fucked yeah. up shit oh. to try to atone. It might be ironic. Yeah. Oh, I mean, definitely, I would say uh, I think it is. And then especially at the end with his face. I mean, that's ironic. Especially, yeah. like, yeah. loses his face. Like, all he wanted was to give her a new face, and his yeah. is gone. <laughs> and then sometimes, like, is it karma or is it irony? Like, <laughs> who's to say? <laughs> uh, and then we have bittersweet ending. Yeah. That's pretty common in a fair number of horror films. Right. Uh, usually it's just not, like, worth mentioning. But I think in this case, like... She looks like a little fairy going off into she the night, is... surrounded by doves, and just like leaving absolute. Literally just... has a dove like on her arm, and yep. she's like goodbye. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh I was like, no, God. I'm sticking with you. <laughs> the dove like, did not want to. The leave. dove was like, no, I'm cool. I'll go with you. I like I'll see what, I'll see. I like to see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued. <laughs> Sorry, Christiane. <laughs> uh, next one, bloodless carnage. Yes, uh, because we do have like the surgery scene. But then we also have the killing of Louise. Yeah. And where she stabs her in the chest with the scalpel. And she's like, pourquoi, Christiane? <laughs> what? And it, then she, like, just kind of, like, she tragically kind of just... wiggles for a while. Yeah. And then slowly falls. And then she's just dead. There is no blood. She's kind of slump. Yeah. And you're like, oh, bye. She does the, like, slump, the feet, and the I yeah. missed the stab. So when she slumped, I went, oh, she's dead. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> And I was like, whoopsie do. It was shock and betrayal that killed her. I know. Not a sharp I object. was like, she's so surprised. And then it's like, uh, oh, she got stabbed. <laughs> got it. Uh, yeah. But like no blood. So yeah. bloodless carnage. Disturbed doves. <laughs> the doves! Mm-hmm. And so this is one of those things. They call it like a uh, stock visual metaphor. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's like one of those things where it's like doves being released are always symbolic. Yeah. And so it's like freedom and like escape from a prison and like a gentle creature being held against her will like all those right. things disturbed doves are always symbolism for something else always yeah uh the dog bites back mm-hmm. oh how the tables have turned uh-huh. yeah. so in this case it doesn't have to be a dog uh, right or, like in general it doesn't have to be a dog in this mm-hmm. case it's a dog uh and also <laughs> christian but yeah um, so the evil person mistreats a person with less power and then haha who has the power now right and then they need space Sometimes they don't eat your face, but in this case they do. Sometimes, but yeah. this one, yeah. Uh, eyes are unbreakable is a trope <sighs> in horror. So, like, when someone goes through such physical trauma, mm-hmm. it's unlikely that their squishy little orbs are going to make it out in one piece. Right. But they do. Oh, and I know. <laughs> I remember thinking that immediately. I was like, so our eyes are just good, huh? The eyes are fine. Great. Okay. Everything else. But no, the eyes are fine. The eyes are good. Don't worry. 
And so, like, even when he's dead, one of his eyeballs, like, popped out. I know. Still in one's like, eh, still good. Yeah. If I was, a, listen, I don't want to be gross, but if I was a dog and I was eating someone's face, that's just, like, a grape to me. I would have to eat that. Yeah. That's like a boba ball. Uh, Get in there. Just, like, pop it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, oh, I wouldn't be able to resist. I think they go for, like, soft tissues, like, tongue. Yeah. And, like, if the eye, like, it, it feels like it might be difficult to get the eye out, but if it's out, then you just take it. Right. Just, oh, oh, oh. What exactly? <laughs> like, slurp it in like spaghetti, pop it like bubba. It's a meatball. <laughs> it's meatball time. Sorry to be gross, but I'm just saying. I'd eat the eye. Yeah. All right. Uh, then we have kind of two paired tropes: the heel realization and the heel face turn. Okay. So, um, I think I've mentioned it previously, but mm-hmm. heels and faces are like wrestling terms. Okay. And so the heel is the bad person, and the face yeah. is the good person. Yeah. And so a face heel turn is like the person that you trust to be good turns bad. A heel Mm -hmm. face turn is the bad person becomes good. Right. Well, you have a heel realization where they're like, oh, I'm the bad guy. Are we the baddies? From the title? (laughs) (laughs) I had a moment at the beginning where I was like, is this the car crash? From the synopsis? (laughs) synopsis? (laughs) It was not. No. Uh, Because I thought the opening scene was going to be showing the car crash. I know. And it was not. Nope. (laughs) They got me. Uh, so Christian realizing, oh, I have been complicit in this yeah. through my passivity. And also, like, when she's like, no more. No oh, one else has to die for this. So good. Yeah. Karmic death when dear old dad. Yep. Bye, Pops. Uh, you already mentioned this Uncanny Valley. Uh, oh, yeah. nailed it. Fucking called it. Uh, police are useless. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And then White Mask of Doom. Yeah. Uh, so masks are, this is a direct quote from tvtropes.org. Thank you. Masks are spooky. Yeah. They dehumanize. They make a dangerous, inhuman inner being visible. Yeah. White masks occupy a special place. They have a long history in several cultures. Being white, they are blanker and scarier, offering nothing for the eye to hold on to, and they look like skulls. Sometimes yeah. our imagination will dwell on what is under this snow-pure white mask. And is it ghastly disfigurement? Nothing at all. Bonus points. If the rest of the character has, like, darker skin tones to accentuate the mask or if it's, like, dark robing to accentuate the mask. Um, And also being white, it'll show bloodstains starkly. Uh, Note that the mask doesn't have to be pure white. Any mask that is paler in color than most human skin tones and relatively featureless fits this trope. Right. It doesn't have, like, the... the cheeks that are kind of red like anything it just doesn't do it yep it has to be paler than any of the like decoration or like skin that surrounds it and it has to be like oh flat yeah uh in terms of like tone right but um yeah in this case it's like she feels like a stranger in her body when she looks in the mirror yeah and we also feel very separated from her because we're just there is a barrier between us and what we're used to perceiving and it's, it's spooky. It's spooky. Oof. Yeah. That's a good one. Those are my tropes. Oh, I love the, ma- the mask. I think it's so cool. Oh. There's, um, I don't know if you've played it, but there's a great game called We Happy Few. Have I've I told you about this? Yeah. It's similar to this because it's um like a community. It's also set in the 60s. Mm-hmm. But it's a community of people that take their pills called Joy. And it makes you see everything as if it's beautiful and happy. But in reality, they're living in like a kind of dystopian looking, very dirty, gross yeah. sort of version of like London almost. But when they take their joy, they're like, oh, I love it. And they wear these white masks just like that one that kind of always looks like a smile. Um, very spooky and scary. And then there's like outskirts of the town where people are put when they don't take their joy and they don't have the mask. So it's just so interesting when you play this Dang. game to go there and like everyone... 
it doesn't look any different than the town where people are taking their joy, but the people who are taking it think it looks different. Yeah. So it's just cool. It's a really Shit. cool game. If you've never played it, I highly recommend it. It's like four stories in one game too. So like you can uh, play it from like four different people's perspective. That's um, really cool. Really interesting. But that's what it reminded me of when I saw the mask because it's very Uncanny Valley still because yeah. these people look so happy. But like a lot of them, you find out eventually like they're not taking it. They're doing this. Like it's so interesting. And I think those masks are so scary because <laughs> there were just like brief moments where I would see her and be like, she looks, that looks like her face. But then I would have to like look harder and go, it's not though. Like it, it would take my brain just a hot second to be like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> and like the disconnect from the eyes, like you can see yeah. the line and it, but it takes a minute. Oh, it's so good. It takes a minute. This is a good movie. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm still going to watch it again. Like I yeah. said, like. I think that I missed up, but it doesn't mean mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Because we talked about in the beginning, and you're like, oh, it's a Black Christmas moment. I'm like, Black Christmas, I genuinely wasn't enjoying until I heard more about it. Okay, This okay, one, okay. I knew I liked. Yeah. I liked this movie very much. I just knew that I was missing stuff that would have made it better. Yeah. And I was like, that's on me. This is not on the movie at all. It's good. What <laughs> scale shall we use? Okay, so you said something earlier, and I can't remember exactly what you said, but it was something when she was like... It was like terrified jiggles or something. What was it? What did you say? I was like, and I laughed really hard. Wiggles of terror or something. Like she gave some like. Re- I don't know. But when did I say it? It was when you were talking about the uh, secretary when she gets stabbed. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, you don't really know if she's been stabbed yet because she does a few wiggles, and it was something wiggles. It was like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, oh my God. I can't use that now, but... I'm so sorry. Oh, no, I wish I remembered, but it was so good. It was like terrified wiggles or something. We'll listen back someday we'll, listen we'll back. know. Yeah. It'll but, be the scale that never was. Yeah, exactly. It, what could have been? <laughs> if we had only <laughs> remembered what we said... <laughs> Five minutes ago. Five minutes ago. <laughs> um, well, Uncanny Valleys. Ooh. Um, spooky masks. That's too easy. Um... I don't know. What do you think? You got anything? I only had two things okay, that well, like came think back then. through my notes time and time again. And it right. was mischief music because that's what the secretary the always has. Music. And then crime cars. But <laughs> the crime cars. I also really love how many uncanny valleys. That's really good. This I movie was it. just a great uncanny valley. It was, yes. Uh, I like yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I know mine. Okay, I know mine. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, one, two, two, one. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Okay. So you go first. I bumped my mic. <laughs> I gave it five Uncanny Valleys. Hell yeah. Uh, I I think my only like qualms would just be generally, like, does it trouble the premise that physical beauty is based on certain things? Right. And I think that it does a fairly good job of pointing out that, like, monstrosity is how you hurt other people, not, yeah. like, appearance-based. It doesn't dwell on how she looks, really. No. But I also Which- just do in general have an issue with someone being like, oh, she can't go into society. Oh, she would rather be dead. Right. Because like, that's just really fucked up. Yeah. It's ableist. It's like all these things. Right. So like, that would be my qualm. But like, in terms of like, the shots, the angles, the sounds, like everything, like it was just so artistic and so beautiful. So <laughs> and so like, engaging mm-hmm. and also like it just made me feel a lot of things and yeah. I'm oh I want to watch it again like I just don't have a ton of words for I was like pretty afraid to watch this movie really because I was afraid I was very afraid that I was gonna be like 
I'm going to be bored and I'm going to be uncultured swine. I was worried like, about it too. Yeah. Same thing. Where I was like, I'm not going to like this and everyone's going to judge me for yeah. it or something. Because it's like a classic. and Because yeah. like to me, like it. the worst thing, like I, this is not actually a bad thing, but I'm very insecure about it. I'm like, what if I have bad taste? Oh, I know. I'm like, <laughs> what if I just like don't get good movies? <laughs> yeah. And so then I was going to be like, oh, it's this like prize film that everyone loves. And I'm like, it's boring. And I was afraid that I was going to like react <laughs> right? that way. And so then I enjoyed it so much. And I was like surprised and like, like engaged. Oh, and I was like, me? What? What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, five uncanny values. Nice. All right. Um, similarly, I didn't give it five, but four and a half. Yeah. So four and a half uncanny valleys. And same qualms. I mean, I was, I would say pleasantly surprised at how little they focused yeah. on like her being like a monstrosity. Yeah. It's really just the acts of violence that are like focused on. And yeah. that's what's the scary part of this film. Um, so like pleasantly surprised by that, but like still is a lot of focus on like, she can't be like this. Oh my God. And I'm like, she's fine. Relax. Um, <laughs> so that's like my only qualm, but um, again, it's really pretty. Such a pretty movie. I love movies from the mm. 60s. I think they're great. 60s and 70s are like my favorite. I'm like, hell yeah. And we've covered so few early films. It's a good sweet spot. I don't I don't watch a ton of horror movies from the 60s and 70s. I watch a lot of just like, I don't know, like Harold Maughan's like my favorite movie. I love the 70s. I think it's great. The Love Witch, when they did that 70s style, I was like, I'm thriving. This is good. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, there's another movie from either the late 60s, 70s called The Possession that's buck wild. We've talked about that. We've talked it's about it. It's on our list. It is buck wild. And every time I think about it, I go, that was when they were good. Like, because they're just weird as shit. Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not, there's other movies. But this one was great. And I had never really... I knew of it, but I never really knew that much about it. Like, I was like, I don't know what this is about. And I was so worried I wouldn't like it because I was like, I love movies from this time period. I don't know this one. So, like, what if I hate this and everyone makes fun of me? And they're like, you're supposed to like these. But now I loved it. It was great. Um, Knowing more about it helps. Like, we, it always does. I mean, every time I hear Nerd Corner or whatever, I'm always like, yeah, I get it now. Um, I still think I need to see it again, which is why I didn't give it five. Because I think uh, it's not the movie's fault, but I think I just was too wrapped up in trying to take my notes yeah that i just missed a lot of stuff that i think would have given me more context or just been really effective scares that i didn't see so four and a half for now yeah but like if i had watched it again probably five it's really good that's nine and a half uncanny valleys and i think that's like kind of uncannily close to 10 right and you you can't really pinpoint why yeah So that's our discussion of Eyes Without a Face. Yeah. Is you son visage. Shut up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, I can get her again one more time. It makes me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. If you enjoyed your time with us today, <laughs> we would really appreciate it if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find us. And it's also just cool to see what you have to say. Mm-hmm. You can also rate and review anywhere. Yeah. Um, anywhere helps. That's just the one for some reason that like helps people. Like, I don't know. It's the one that like, Having downloads and reviews on Apple Podcasts is the thing that It's helps. the place to be. I don't yeah. know, but it does help. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Go With It, where every Wednesday we'll post the movie for the week. Sometimes we'll post on Thursday. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting there. No one asked you. No. <laughs> Leave me alone. Uh, today I posted a funny meme because I remembered <gasps> yesterday's the first time in a month. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we'll get there. Hey. Uh, you can check out our extended show notes on our website, justgoalwithitpod.com. Those are on a delay because it takes a while it to update the website. It doesn't say. I was like, 
that's and Kate puts so much work into it, so everyone hey. go appreciate it. <laughs> that's where we'll put those pictures of those spooky eyes. Oh yes, those are great. Yeah, those will be in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could also take a look at our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/justgoolwithit. Hell yeah! And this weekend it'll already have happened by the time this right. releases, but we have the horror game live stream. Woo! And Vicky is playing Alien Isolation. I'm so scared. <laughs> it's one of the few horror games that I'm actually like, I don't wanna. <laughs> <laughs> and I just get to watch me like it's not me. I know. <laughs> Uh, I'm probably going to play Mortuary Assistant next. Yes! Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. So the patrons get to see that. Yeah. Uh, and we'd like to take this opportunity to thank them. Yes. Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Meg, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, Janice, and Brian. Woo! Ah, woo! I uh, love them. They're um, great. Yeah, they also get to, like, choose a movie. Yes. This is not the patron pick. I, I Sometimes we do it in between where it's not yeah. our last movie of the month, but this time it is. We so, wanted to go out with a bang. <laughs> yeah. This is also the first time we've done, like, a full month of recording, too, without taking, like, a week off in between. Yeah, so, so I was it's like, let's <laughs> do it. Yeah, so yeah. we're excited. Um, But, yeah, join the Patreon. It's good stuff. Yes. The intro and outro music was created by Anthony Roccozella. The cover art, <laughs> it's by our very own Nikki Solomon. She's great, I heard. Well, from the grapevine. Wait, who told you that? From the eye who vine. Who told you that? Oh, the eye vine. <laughs> the eye vine is sacred. How dare you mock the eye um, vine? Oh, um, oh, um. Just me going down and eating them <laughs> off the vine. I hate to say it, but given the opportunity, I might pop an eye in my mouth and try it. Yeah. It just sounds interesting. That's why I ate a cricket in Cancun. Right? You gotta try. Yeah. I just gotta know how it would pop. And if it didn't uh, pop, then I would be mad. i th- not a human eye, to be clear, guys. I don't know if I could do that. I'm not a cannibal. <laughs> I'm not a cannibal. Huh? <laughs> this is some good podcast lore. <laughs> this is why you gotta go back and listen. Because Kate thinks I'm a cannibal, and I think Kate's a cannibal. But I have audio evidence that okay. Nick and body. I don't so. remember what I said, but I know it was bad. It was pretty rough. I'm not a cannibal. I'm going to end it there. I'm not. take this one more again. Yeah, just one more again.